Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalms 4, 5, and chapter 6. So we're reading today in these three Psalms, and again, these are individual pieces of music, sometimes written by the same author and other times the author or the composer changes, they flow in the order that they're meant to. Okay. Um, That's kind of the way the whole Bible is. The whole Bible flows not chronologically. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. But yet, I believe that in the divinity of the Word of God that it flows in the way that it's supposed to. So, Even as we're reading through these psalms, we keep in mind that this is not an organic story, yet it is in the order that God has has destined, has chosen. Okay? Um, But I I do think that when we're reading these psalms, it's important not to read two or three of them and reflect, but to reflect upon each one at a time. And uh, so that's what we're doing. So in in Psalm chapter 4, um, this one is a, a psalm of, of David accompanied with, a string, with string instruments, the lyre or the harp, and, um, or the electric guitar. You know, we don't know what, what David was, was cooking with, but he, he's praising the Lord here as he was so faithful to do. And David was known as a man who was after God's heart, meaning that that was... That was um, that's what he was. That's what he was known for. Is that he was a pursuer, he was a chaser of God and after God's heart, and that his his greatest heart cry was that his heart would be like God's heart. And so it's no surprise that David was a worshiper. He was a, he was a praiser, and that's what we're reading. Is these are songs of worship. What a waste it would be to study the, the, the book of Psalms and never to really think about how much we should worship God. Because that's what these are. These are songs in which God is worthy to be praised with. You know, and, and I've done it before, and, and I'm not going to do it for you right now, but, but many times in my life I've opened up the Psalms and just began to sing them. And it may not sound great, you know, you know, answer me when I call, oh God of my righteousness. You know, it, it, it might just be, a, you know, acapella, but it's between you and the Lord. You're just crying out. There's, there is a special um, spiritual thing that happens when our voice changes from a talk to where we begin to sing. And you can feel it. Like just as I'm talking, it almost, it's almost coming from a shallow place. But when I begin to sing, it comes from a deeper, 
more vulnerable, intimate place, right? And it's uncomfortable at times, but it's, it's, there's so much breakthrough in singing. And so I just want to point out that these psalms were sung. And, uh, and I, I talked about in our last session that a lot of these have, have been, you know, repurposed into modern day worship songs that we are singing. But just, just as we're reading them. So David is singing this. He's saying, you know, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness, you know. And he says, you know, everything's going bad, but I, but I know, I know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears me when I call. You know, and so he says, I, I know that regardless of my circumstances, I know that the Lord has set me apart and he will do good to me in due time. And then he, and then he goes on and he says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. You know, and you know, that's a, that's a deep passage because, you know, Anger in and of itself is not sin. Anger is a feeling. It's an emotion. And as long as you have a, have a human tent around your soul, as long as you have flesh, then you'll feel anger. And you'll feel sorrow. And, and you'll feel all, all the human emotions just the same way that Jesus did. But to be spiritually mature is when I have control over my emotions, and my emotions are not what is controlling me. And so he said, be angry, but don't sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your own beds, and just be silent. If you're, not, if you're not justified in what you say, or if you're in a place of anger, then just be still. You know, and we were, this is relatable to what we were talking about in Job, is how often did, did Job, understandably so, but did he speak out of his anger? Did he speak out of his sadness? And we do that. I, I did that yesterday. I, I was upset, and I just... I couldn't shut up, you know, just talking about the things that I was upset about. And, you know, there's, there's not a lot of healing in that. You know, there's, the world would sometimes say it's good to vent, but, you know, it, it, um, it, it normally just, it normally just intensifies it. it. If I'm thinking a thought, when I begin to speak it into existence, it actually normally just intensifies it. It's better really to be silent and go to the Lord. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Go to the Lord and surrender. Go to the Lord and bring a gift. Go to the Lord and sacrifice yourself and then put your trust in Him. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, because you've put more joy in my heart, Lord, than when they have their grain and wine abound. So he's saying the Lord puts a joy in my heart that is greater than what the rest of the world experiences even when all of their natural circumstances abound, even when they have more than enough, when they have plenty, even when they have every reason in the world to to feel gladness, I experience more gladness just because I'm in right relationship with you and you're putting it in my heart. And so he goes, so in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And so he, he's just, he's just crying out in this song and, and um, he, he's saying, I know that the Lord is going to do good. And even when I don't understand what the Lord is doing, and even when I feel angry, 
I'm going to choose to be to remain silent and take my case just to the Lord and offer a right sacrifice to Him and trust in Him. And I know because of the joy that He's already put in my heart, I know that He'll do it again. And in Psalm chapter 5, you know, He starts and one of the first things He says is that, Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. Well, the only way that the Lord could hear our voice in the morning is if we cultivate a habit of going to the Lord each morning, which David had. David was a man of prayer, and because he was a man after God's own heart, he didn't let his feet barely hit the ground off of his bed in the morning when he was running to the Lord. So he said, in the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. You know, so there was this eagerness to David to get before the Lord each day and offer of the best of what he had and the best of what he was and see then um, expectantly what the Lord would do with it. And, and what, a godly, um, what a godly habit that that is for us, that we would run to the Lord at the first of each day, the first of each week, surrendering to Him the best of what we have, and then expectantly wait to see what He chooses to do with our resources, what He chooses to do with our time and our energy and our money, because we know that he, He's a God that can do more with what I have than what I could do with it. And, and so, you know, He, he goes on and, and He says, you know, I'm going to bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lord, you know, lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. You know, so many of these psalms are written in, in a lot of deep places of, of hurting and even some places of hatred against all the enemies that were around them that were just wicked, truly wicked, and wanted his wanted nothing more than to to lift up the 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 head of David and, and celebrate his death. And he was surrounded by those people. He also had people that were close to him that betrayed him and turned their back on him. And so but he was just go to the Lord and he would just sing and he would say, Lord, I know you're a God who blesses the righteous. You cover him with favor as with a shield. And so he said, I know that your favor is upon me and you are covering me. There is a shield around me um, just because I am pursuing of you and your righteousness. And, and so then he goes on in Psalm chapter 6 and, you know, he, he's in a, in, a, in a place where he's asking the Lord to deliver his, his life from from. Sheol, from death, from from hell, from from um, uh, a place of complete ruins, and um, he says, "For in death there's no remembrance of you in Sheol. Who can give you praise?" And he's so. This is a cry, I believe, for the present that he would be restored, but also eternally. I think he was looking ahead unto Jesus for the. In his, I believe in his soul, he knew that there would be a time where he would be able to eternally praise you and not that he would just be um, nothing but dust, but that there would be eternal life. Because even before the Messiah come, God's put eternity in the heart of man. So David desires that he would have praise, an opportunity to praise God forever and ever. 
but he's in a real state of brokenness here. You know, I, he says, I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. And, um, and you know, at the end he says, all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. And, you know, the last thing I want to say, you know, today as I was reading this, what really stuck out to me is that I think sometimes when we think about singing and we think about worship and I think a lot of times we just think about when everything's going just right and I really feel um, happy about what God's doing and, you know, when the, the lights in the room are just right and the acoustics are just sweet enough and um, that I feel it in my chest and the vocalists are just talented enough and, you know, I don't know, just all these things come together for a moment and I just can sing to the Lord or, um, you know, uh, we just sort of think about that and celebrating of, of the big moments of life. You know, people, people sing out of their love, you know, for their, uh, their girlfriend or their fiance or their wife. And, you know, not a lot of people are singing when they're in, you know, uh, divorce court, you know, it's people are, are singing when they're holding their freshly, you know, coddled baby in their arm and and we just we just sing so much in times of celebration and there's nothing wrong with that at all but it's also very scriptural that we sing when the enemy has us up against the ropes we sing when i feel like this thing's done it's over with it's ruined i don't know what's going to become of this situation you know, we, we, we sing when, when we're surrounded on every side, you know, and, and so, and David knew that and he took it serious. I mean, he, and this isn't even, I mean, this is a man even on the run a lot of his life. Can you imagine being on the run for your life and to think, to get alone and begin to sing? And, you know, but that David got that. He understood something that I don't think we do sometimes spiritually. I mean, can you just imagine just having the worst week and, and your finances are tight and you're fighting with your spouse and, and you know, your work situation's gotten complicated and you just going, gosh, I got to just get alone somewhere and I just got to start singing to God, you know, and just and just tucking yourself away somewhere away from everybody and just going, Lord, you got to help me. You know, it's like, what? This, that sounds so bizarre to us, but. But that's what. But David knew that there was an un, untapped potential. There was a reserve of breakthrough. There was a reserve of God's grace and His comfort and His strength in the secret place of praise. And so David cultivated a life of just going there in in the mountaintops and in the valleys and in the battles and, and in celebration. And so, so many of these psalms are so raw. And so honest because David believed in worshiping you, worshiping God in every season, in every situation, because he knew God is worthy of it and I'm going to give it to him because he's brought me out of this before and he'll bring me out of this again. And I think as we exit Psalm chapters 4, 5, and 6 today, we should just leave with that deeply ingrained on our hearts that we are to be worshipers of God in each and every season, regardless of what we're going through.